Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. We did a survey recently and we asked clients what are the things that are important to them? What do they want to discuss in their annual planning meetings? And investment performance came out as the lowest, like the least important things for people. Hello and welcome to the In For A Penny podcast. I'm Mark Schoffman, a freelance personal finance journalist, and I'm joined by my financial planner friend, Joshua Gersler, who runs an advisory business called The Orchard Practice. Hello. If you'd like to know a little bit more about us, you can check me out at www.cavendishcontent.com and josh at www.topfs.co.uk. Each episode, we aim to give our perspective on the world of finance and money, and discuss some of the issues that crop up in business as well as everyday life. We hope that you'll learn something from our podcast as well as have some fun too. Hit the subscribe button so that you never miss an episode. We meet again. We meet again, Mr. Bond. (laughs) I've just, um, before we began recording, I wrote um, record podcast on my to-do list. And I wanted to start by asking about to-do lists. Okay, do you ever um, have an unproductive day, and then you just write something down that you know will take you ten seconds to do, or a minute, or maybe even twenty minutes if we're going to record this podcast, and then you know you're going to be able to cross it off straight away, just so you feel you've achieved something. I don't do day. that, but I can understand why you might. Yeah, just to make yourself feel good. Do you know just what? I yeah. I'm not good with um, to do lists. I should, as in, I don't use it one. Right. And I probably should do, but that what you're supposed to do with a to-do list yeah. is prepare it either the night before or the morning of the day. And and you've got to list the tasks in order of priority. Yeah. So put the most important ones on the top yeah. and work your way down and don't jump to a lower one until you've done the top one. And if you're finding that regularly you're not getting more the, like through more than the first few, yeah. you then have to say, well, are the ones below it even important? Or should you be delegating those to someone else? Yeah. That's what you're supposed to do. I haven't, I haven't done that yet. It's on my to-do list. <laughs> Very good. Yeah. Uh, we're going to come back to just... We need to think of different names for people who don't... For to-do lists, for people who don't stutter. It's a tricky yeah, one to say. We'll list. come back to that in a bit. But um, you went to Dubai in the previous episode. You didn't go to Dubai. In the, in the previous episode, you were going about to go to Dubai. That's right. Yeah. Um, tell me about that. That was fantastic. We had a really nice uh, long weekend. Um, Dubai is if if you haven't been it's very um, OTT everything's very over the top everything's like got to be the biggest and the best it all is very extravagant and we had a weekend of uh, overindulging what did you indulge in? we ate a lot of food more than we should spent more than we should on food we sat and relaxed uh, by the pool by the beach we went um, to the tallest building in the world the Burj Khalifa yep um, went on a speedboat around the uh, around the palm uh, did you drive the speedboat no I was holding on for dear life as this you, guy was, was death uh, no wife? it was uh, it was like a guided tour type thing nice um, at one point it started to sort of bounce around a bit I was gripping with my holding on for my life the guy sort of checked we were we were okay and uh, we had a spa it was very nice and um i understand you're going there soon i'm going to go uh, a couple of days from now for 24 hours to 
see a boat, see a ship being christened. It's one of the um, largest ships in the world. Uh, I mean, when you say it like that, you, you you don't make it sound very exciting. I'm going for a day to see a ship. But <laughs> well, I'm sure it's going like to be a fun. party and a whole lot of media events and there'll be no children. That's the best bit. Fantastic. So you're going to have, what, 48 hours without kids? Yeah. But then I know as soon as I get home, they're going to be pushed on to me. Yeah, you can't sort of, uh, you're not disowning them. You're just having a couple of days off. You'll enjoy it. It's good fun there. Yeah. I can't, I'm looking forward to it. Was it not sunny? Was it hot where you were? Because you don't see your face, your tan doesn't seem to reflect. Oh, it's just a bad oh, light on the camera here. That's it. Okay. Yeah. But it was hot. Yeah. It was like 30 something degrees. Wow. But it wasn't unpleasant. It was quite nice heat. Hmm. Temperature's really dropped here in Old Blighty, hasn't it? Oh, it's yeah. chilly. Yeah. Anyway, Winter this is podcast coming. isn't about the weather or travel. Well, I'm happy to, to do those if anyone wants to sponsor the Infrapenny podcast to travel around the world discussing financial planning from various tropical destinations various climatic uh, regions yeah I'm keen to try Barbados Cape Verde and the Galapagos Islands okay I'll, yeah uh, we'll see reach what me Mark, at, at Mark Shoffman on Twitter Mark with a C Mark with a C um, back on to-do lists because one thing that's been on my to-do list and your to-do, to-do list for more than a year has been our um, financial planning annual review and every so often on this podcast you've um, bugged me and harangued me about getting this done it's like, <laughs> like a, Boris Johnson let's get it done like Boris yeah let's get Brexit done and for months you've been saying let's get this annual review done and finally this week we got it done it happened didn't it we had a meeting I had a almond flat white a whisper gold no it wasn't a whisper gold. It was a club bar. That's not really relevant. And uh, we chatted about the annual review. So I thought we would, would chat about what is an annual review and why, why are they important and what happens? Yeah, good idea. Let's talk about it. So we call it at the Orchard Practice, we call it an annual planning meeting okay. because a review is backwards looking. Mm-hmm. We call it an annual planning meeting because we want everything to be forwards looking. But let's think about, or maybe we'll talk about the things that people, that we discuss and that other people might discuss in their in their meetings and why it's important. The reason I think it's important, and I've bug you to, been bugging you to have it, is you can see an advisor, you can see a, a fantastic, handsome, young uh, advisor. Yeah, sorry about that. Um, and they can come up with this great plan for you and give you this all this fantastic colourful information and set up investments or whatever it may be. But that was what was right for you at that point in time. Hmm. And things change very, very quickly in the world. It could be that legislation changes, which means you want to do things differently. It could be that uh, world events impact things, COVID, Brexit, whatever it may be. Could be your health and your circumstances. Could be um, markets and, and things. So you need to keep on top of your investments. If you just set up your financial plan, let's say uh, when you're 30, with planning to retire at 65, you're going to get a bit of a nasty surprise if you only look at it again 35 years later. So you need to see things regularly. But how often are you then changing things? Because don't a lot of advisors say, oh, you need to be in it for the long run. So if you're a DIY investor and you hear that and you think, well, I'll, if I need to be in the long run, I may as well just put my money in and wait. 
Well, it's a bit of both, actually. So the investment side of it, we try not to change too often. We hope that what we start with, we can we can uh, monitor but leave untouched for, let's say, the 35 years. That's the idea. That's why you're starting something. It doesn't always work like that, but that's the idea. What's more important to look at is the the bigger picture, the bigger picture of the financial plans. Um if I give an example without giving too much away of your personal finances, but if I give an example from our um, our meeting, mm. when, when we looked at the big picture financial plan, when we last did this a year ago or, or a bit longer, there was a number in there that you had budgeted for your daughter's bat mitzvahs. And I won't say the number because that's your personal information. Um, and when we looked at it yesterday, you said, actually, I'd like to allow more than that number. Yeah. Yeah. So it's to say that then if you multiply that over, let's say your 30 year working life, things are going to change all the time. So if you're expecting whatever you set out with at 30 to be the same 35 years later, it's not going to happen. Your, your goals are going to be different. Your aspirations, how much money you need, when you're going to want to stop. That's what I meant by looking at things regularly. So we can make sure you're always on track. Okay. And uh, what I think is quite interesting that you guys do, and I assume other advisors do, is that when I first started on this kind of forward-looking journey with you, I had to set out this annual expenditure. I had to fill in a sheet about my annual expenditure, and then you take my kind of income and expenses and you put it into this fancy graph that forecasts when I'm going to run out of money. <laughs> you, you know what? You'll be surprised how few financial advisors or financial planners do that right so when a lot of people think about the, a financial advisor they think about someone who's going to tell them what are the best investments and that's it mm. but it's really that simple what what we we're doing as well as the investment management and the as well as the investment advice is we're really understanding you and your dreams your goals your aspirations and the financial side of that, so we can create for you and what you're referring to a lifetime cash flow. So we can understand what your income is, what your expenditure is, what your assets are, what your liabilities are, and project that forward for the next sort of 50, 60 years with lots of assumptions to show you either, like you said, that you're going to run out of money or, or have a shortfall at a certain age, or to show you, yes, uh, you're on track carry on doing what we're doing let's keep going or to say okay if there is a shortfall well how do we mitigate that do we need to put a certain amount of money away each month do we need to change the investments we're in do we need to um change the risk profile things like that it is quite difficult though, i think because obviously one of the start one of the starting points is working out how much you spend and then on this sheet you give us you've got to put down everything like what you spend each year on food and clothing and um, uh, luxuries and a lot of that is hard hard to quantify unless you kind of look back obviously at what you've done the last year but then I don't know for sure what I'm going to spend on clothes next year yeah it's not um, it, it doesn't have to be to the penny but the idea is you live a certain lifestyle and everyone's lifestyle is different so some clients that we look after might be spending I don't know let's say a few hundred pounds a month to live their life some are spending tens of thousands of pounds a month to live their life. So there's different people you you see, but you have a lifestyle that, that suits you. 
And we want to understand the cost of that lifestyle. We're not judging. I don't care whether you spend £100 on clothes, £1,000 on clothes or whatever it is. Those categories are just there to help you think about it. But the idea is you've got a certain lifestyle and I want to help you maintain that lifestyle for the rest of your life. So if we don't know what that lifestyle costs you, how can we plan properly? Yes, we can say, let's invest in this money, in this fund or, or whatever it may be, but what we, what's the outcome? What are we trying to achieve? Are we on track? Do you ever find yourself telling or advising clients that they should be spending less, say? No, I, I don't think... Um, we, I, let, I think the, the short answer to that is yes, but not in the sense that I'll look at someone and say, you are wasting money on something. But if we're creating a financial plan for client and we can see that let's let's use uh, our, our age as an example. So in the mid to late 30s, late for me, mid, late for you as well, actually. Thank you. Um, but if we can project it forward and see, right, this person wants to stop work at 60, but they've only got enough money to last them, let's say, 10 years in retirement when we project it forward, they're going to have a big shortfall at 70 then I would be saying, right, I'm not going to say, right, you need to spend less money. But if you want to stop at 60, you've only got 10 years worth. So you're going to have to either spend less in that retirement or spend less now and put more aside for the future. Mm. But not from a, it's never, it's never a judgmental point of view. It's no. a, it's a financial um, way to help people. You turn a negative into a positive. Yeah, always. How often do you find that clients do have a shortfall? Um, I would say most clients, when they first start out, tend to have a bit of a shortfall. I'd say most isn't the right word, but more than half, I would say. Uh, but that's what we're we're there to do. We're there to show show people that well, this is what the this is what it looks like. And these are the things we can do to get rid of that shortfall. Like before I did this role, I was like most of the population that you just go through it blissfully unaware. You think, well, I'm putting a bit of money into my ISA. I'm putting a bit of money into my pension. Those are the things you're supposed to do. Yeah. But you need to actually see, well, what's that going to get me? What's that going to, uh, what's the outcome going to be? What am I going to get at the end of all this? Yeah. And then you can be, and then you can be told and, and discuss with your advisor. Well, these are the things you can do to mitigate that shortfall. And then it usually um, within a dependent on the client's willingness to sort of uh, uh, implement changes and things. Usually within a uh, a few years, we've we've got to a place where that shortfall is either negligible; it's gone. Or it's a manageable amount that they're not bothered with. Do you ever have clients disagreeing with, saying, "I want to carry on spending"? Um, I, I think that it's not a disagreeing because, as I said, I don't really say to people, "You need to spend less money." It's never really that type of conversation, but it's encouraging people to to save, to invest, you know, pay yourself first. So at the beginning of the month, put your five hundred pounds, your thousand pounds, whatever it is, into your pension don't wait till the end of the month to see that you've got 50 quid left so if you put that money away first it's much easier so it's not a disagreement it's not me saying to clients uh, you must spend less that doesn't help them or 
or me. It's, we we work together. But it is. This is me playing devil's advocate, and I don't Got necessarily it. agree. But it could be for someone not necessarily financially savvy or into money that it could be quite. I don't know about boring, but laborious to think about how where every penny's going, and to worry about that. You don't have to think about that, and you don't have to worry about it. So if you've come out of was it yesterday our meeting? Yeah. So if you've come out of yesterday's meeting worrying about everything, then I haven't explained it correctly. Or maybe you were too focused on your almond latte and your club biscuit. So it's not worrying about where every single penny is going, but it's having a rough idea of what your lifestyle costs you so that we can make sure you can maintain that. I don't I don't sit there with clients um saying, right, you spent an extra 70p on sweets this month and you've spent more you spent 200 pounds more on holidays than you said you were going to do it's all it's having a rough idea what's the sort of aim for you because if you've got clients coming to you saying they want to take money out or how when clients want to access their investments how keen are you to get them to do that if it's too soon like how how do you sort of balance keeping people invested and giving them access yeah i I love my clients spending their money. That is what we're that is what we're here to do is to is to help you, as I said, to help you attain and maintain the lifestyle that you you have and you want. So when a client says, right, I want to spend X pounds on this house or this holiday or these these purchases, fantastic. And that's why we've worked together to build up these this money and save it. I had a client, um, a lovely lady. Um, who I've been looking after probably for about five years. She never really spends very much. And I always try and say, look, you are, <coughs> excuse me, she's got a, when we look at her financial plan, she's got enough to, to see her through. So I always say, look, if you want to spend it, spend it, enjoy it. That's what you've, you've saved it for. But she never really has anything she wants to spend it on. But she called me, uh, last week to say, can I take £30,000 from my investments? I want to um, do some work on the house. And I've always wanted to uh, to make these changes to my house. And that's what it's going to cost me. I was like, great. Yeah, we'll get that that money transferred over to you. Fantastic. It's never a negative for me. If it's a client who isn't financially secure and does have a shortfall, then we never stop people accessing their money. It's, It's their money. But we might point out yeah, we'll, we'll make that transfer for you. We'll get those funds sent over. But just bear in mind, if you take that £30,000 now, it's going to mean you've got less in the future to do the other things you want to do. And how much do you think is on the performance of the funds of, your, of someone's investments? Surprisingly, it's the probably the, the bit that we chat about the least. We, we ran a, a client survey recently. And I think if you don't work with us or with a modern type of financial planner. Like I said before, you will think it's all about the investments. But we did a survey recently and we asked clients, what are the things that are important to them? What do they want to discuss in their annual planning meetings? And investment performance came out as the lowest, like the least important things for people. That's so because you're playing around with chocolate and decent coffee. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. But like we t- we chatted about it a bit yesterday. We probably yeah, had a couple of minutes on it, but it, yeah, wasn't, it wasn't a big amazing. part of the meeting. You're right. Um, what people really care about is, do I have enough money? 
am I on track to be able to stop work? Can I stop earlier? Um, shall I put a bit more away? Am I being tax efficient? Am I going to be able to provide for my kids? Um, can I mitigate inheritance tax? Those things were much more important to people than whether their investment was up 11% or 12% or whatever the numbers may be. But I would still be annoyed if we had done all that and gone through the plan and then you turn around and said, oh, but by the way, your investments are down 10%. I think you'd be annoyed if that happened and the gen- everyone else's investments were up. Yeah. If we were in a world where everything was down and, no, and, and you couldn't do anything about it, then you'd understand it. So I think you're right. If the investment is important, but that's a bit of a given that that is going to, uh, if someone is sensible and is putting the money in the right place, and you know, there's, a, there's lots of crooked people out there, but if someone is sensible, they're going to make sure your money's in the right place to grow. Where you need more um, personal skills and uh, understanding skills is, is taking those investments and like we said putting that into the bigger picture and saying well what's that what does that look like what's that mean for me but what would you say to a client in that situation where they say well i'm paying all these advisor fees and active fund managers so why aren't they actively making my funds perform better i think it's a great point so there's two things there you refer to advisor fees and fund manager fees yep. so, so the advice fees if your financial advisor, your financial planner is simply picking funds for you, then I'd be asking the same question. Why am I paying you X percent a year for not making me money? Because that's all you're paying them for. Hmm. What, like I mentioned before, us and, and most modern financial planners are providing nowadays, as well as that investment management, is that financial planning. Is the bigger picture. And I would say 99% of my clients understand that, that that is what they're paying the fees for. It's to make, it's to make sure that everything is doing what it's going to be to make sure they're comfortable and, and achieve the things they want to achieve. The fund managers, so that's the second part of it, they're the ones that are actually managing your money, let's say. They're the ones that are making the day-to-day decisions, uh, buying and selling and, and everything like that. So I'd also be querying if a fund manager was not providing value for money, I'd also be looking at it and, and we do look at that for clients and we might change funds. But we, whilst we make some fund recommendations, we cannot, that's the one thing we cannot control is how the markets perform. But you can choose the funds. Correct, yeah. And for some clients, you, you also referred to active management and I know we've spoken about this in the past, but we'll look at, we, it's not, not everything is in active management. So some things are in passive funds, tracker funds, which are cheaper. And then, and then again, playing, I know you, you were playing devil's advocate, so I'll do it as well. Then you might have a, on the flip side, you might have another client that says, I'm in these tracker funds, but all these act, active funds are outperforming the market. Why aren't I in those? So there's, there's two sides to everything. Or three sides sometimes. What do, what do non- modern financial advisors say about you about me what about about modern financial advisors um everyone's got their own way of doing things so when i first started doing this 
which was 2011. So it's 10 and a bit years. The way I was introduced to it, it was sort of you're selling products, you're selling ISAs, you're selling investments, you're selling pensions, and you're going to get paid a commission for selling it. And then it dawned on me over the over the sort of uh, next few years that that's that's not what this is about. And if if you if if that is your your core um, products is selling financial products, you you're onto a hiding for nothing because you have no control whatsoever about how this product perform. So I guess if you're focused on selling products, you may as well work for a bank. Yeah, the service this these um, annual planning meetings. That's all part of the advice fee, isn't it? There's no extra charge on top. Correct. That's all. It's actually important that you you ask that. You still there? I'm, I'm listening. You can't okay. see me listening. Go on. I'll put my video on so I can make a face when I'm listening. So I think that's an important point because when um, you are trying to. Some people come to us and they're not looking at any other advisors. They want to use us because someone's recommended us or they've, they've heard about us or whatever it is. But sometimes if you're comparing different advisors and you're trying to work out who to use, if you just compare the fee, you're probably not comparing like for like. So like you said, we're providing all that service potentially for the same fee as someone who's just going to give you some investment funds. Is it hard to explain that to people, to clients? So? I think I, I think it is until you experience financial planning. I don't think you fully appreciate what it is. So it is quite hard to explain that. How would you explain it? If you if um, someone said, right, what's this guy? Shall I go and see this guy, Josh? Is he worth it? What, how would you explain it? I think you say, well, you can go out for a meal at a fast food restaurant and get uh, chicken and chips and it'll be greasy it'll be probably be cooked you could be served fast and it'll be greased but it'll probably be greasy so it'll be served fast you'll probably be cheap but it'll still be greasy and you'll probably have indigestion and a bad stomach afterwards or you could go to a nice restaurant spend a bit more and have a nice meal and a memorable time and in some ways, financial planning is your nice meal <laughs> and financial advice is the fast food. Might even get a sommelier. Yeah. Yeah, fair enough. Okay. That may be all we have time I for. I mean, we sort of moved we moved off topic a bit, didn't we? We didn't really talk about annual planning meetings. I think that was more maybe the value of financial planning. But uh, hopefully it's interesting. Yeah. I think we dug it. We spoke, yeah. Yeah. I think that, was a, that covered it. That was on my to-do list. That's what I wanted to do. So, Good. Good. Um, so I'll tell you about my day today. I went to I went to give blood today. Oh, yes. Tell me about that. Um, always thought it was, it always thought it was uh, something worth doing. And Mrs. G has uh, donated a few times. But it didn't quite go according to plan. Oh, dear. What, what happened? All was going smoothly. Filled in my form. Had the uh, what do you call it? The triage, the pre-screening, sitting in the chair, all connected up. Starts the blood's coming up fine, and I'm quite relaxed. And then the the actual giving of the blood is about 
five to ten minutes. And about halfway through, suddenly I, you're lying back and suddenly the ceiling starts spinning a bit. And I sort of feel myself falling, not literally falling, but like falling away from myself, like I was going to pass out. So I put yeah. my arm up and I'll the nurse came the over. Needle in it. The, the other one. And the nurse came over, she took it out and had to tilt me back, put an ice pack on my neck. I had to, I had to stop the donation. Oh, no. Yeah, I was a bit disappointed, actually. Is that, is that why you're so white? Yeah, it probably is, actually. I thought about doing it for quite a long time and finally plucked up the courage to do it, but didn't quite quite make it. It's a bit disappointed. Do you think you'll um, do it again? On the, well, as soon as I left there, which I had to hang around for a bit, I had to make sure I was okay. But I was like, right, I've got to give it another go because I want to prove to myself I can do it. But part of me also thinks... I can do other things like if it's if my body doesn't want to do it. So yeah. I'm not sure yet. Have you done it? I have a couple of times, but my arms always get really bruised, which is just a very vain thing. It's not really a good enough excuse. I should do more. Vein as in not veins in your arm. It's very good, both. My veins get all bruised and my body gets okay. bruised. I should do more. Well, if you can do it, you, sh- you should do it. You might save yeah. someone's life. Exactly. Um, and you get a nice I've got a packet of crisps I've got a, a mint club I hadn't had one of those for years overrated I think mint clubs but the crisps, the crisps sound interesting because there's a crisp shortage Cri- so is there? you're lucky yeah what's happened? run out of potatoes? well they're kind of there's not enough people to process for crisps and deliver the crisps factories have, don't have enough staff <laughs> should read the news I didn't know this yeah I should do yeah yeah. Well, um, maybe that's all we've got time for. Maybe. Please remember, anything discussed in this episode shouldn't be taken as financial advice. But if you do need support, feel free to contact us on Twitter. You can reach me at Mark Schoffman and Josh at Josh Gersler. We hope you've enjoyed the show. Please leave us a review on your podcasting app. That helps people find us and lets us know you're enjoying what you hear. So thank you for being in for a penny.